good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. If you are watching this on Sunday, I pray that all of you have had a great week, uh, despite the weird circumstances that we're in, schools being closed, uh, some people getting laid off from their jobs, businesses being closed. I'm here again today in our Life Church Cafe with just a few of our critical staff uh, with me to make this message possible. And uh, last week, we had over a thousand views in the first 24 hours. Um, and I don't know how many people have watched it this week, but thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. Now, I hope you are all enjoying Church from Home uh, as best you can until we all meet together again. How many of you, now don't lie, because the Lord is watching. How many of you had church in your pajamas last week? Come on, you know who you are. Tell the truth. Maybe with a cup of coffee in your hands, an egg sandwich. Uh, now, I can tell you right now, if it was me, that is exactly how I would be doing it from home. My feet would be propped up, fresh coffee, ready to go. Uh, by the way, I can neither confirm nor deny that I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops right now or not. So you're just going to have to guess at that one. <laughs> church at home is nice because wherever you are, that's where the church is. I, I said it last week. Just because the building's closed, the church is not closed. As a matter of fact, the church is more active than ever before. That's why we're coming to you from the church cafe instead of the auditorium because we want church at home to feel warm and cozy. And, man, didn't you enjoy the worship today from our praise team? It was so beautiful, and I'm so thankful they could do that for us. Now, I also hope that you were able to enjoy our video devotionals that we sent out this past week. They were a special thanks to Pastor Rodney, Davina, uh, Stephen, Jasmine, Robin, Noah. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we've been posting a video devotional every day on our church Facebook page. And uh, last week they were connected to the sermon. This week we're going to be doing the same thing. Uh, three of those are sermon related. The other three are inspirational uh, in nature. So join us on that. Um, because here's the reality, guys. Unfortunately, we are probably going to be having church like this for a little while. So add the devotions uh, to your mix uh, we're not able to do our at-home small groups, so you do that with your family. Uh, take one, two, three of those, meet with your family. Uh, those daily devotionals are taking the place of our small groups right now, so you don't want to miss out on that. Now, just a couple more things before I get into the Word. If you've not connected with us on Facebook yet, please go ahead and do that. You'll be glad you did. You can find our church page at facebook.com forward slash life RVA. Look it up. Look up Life RVA. Our church will pop up at the top. It's the Life Church with the heartbeat uh, icon in the in the logo. Uh, also, if you're watching us via YouTube, if you would please subscribe to us, that would be great because if we get enough subscribers, we can create our own channel, and it will make it easier for us to reach more people. Um, and finally, I want to say thank you to each of you who are continuing to give faithfully or maybe you're starting to give faithfully. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because we need it now more than ever. Uh, thank you for giving today during the offering time as well. You know, I think it's pretty cool that we actually took a little bit of time to pause and allow you to give right there in your living room uh, or however you want to do it. Uh, and you can do that. Again, Stephen mentioned it. There's a lot of easy ways to give. You can give online at our website, liferva.org. You can give on the free church app, which is instructions on the website on how to download that to your smartphone. 
You can use text to give. Stephen mentioned it. There's instructions on the website as well and on our Facebook page. And then lastly, you can be old school like me. And you can write a check and drop it in the mail or bring it by the church office. So whatever works best for you. All right. Let's get into the Word of God today. Now, last week I preached on this subject, When Fear and Faith Meet. And if you'll recall in that message, I, I shared three key points. The first one was fear focuses on the bad things around us. Faith knows that God will see us through anything. The second was focus on what you can't see rather than what you do see because we walk by faith and not by sight. And then the third one was focus on the fact that God is in control, not on what you can't control. Now, I talked some about worry uh, and what worry was and what fear does to us and how faith can conquer that and counter that. Now, this week, I feel like I want to continue just a little bit in that same passage, passage from Matthew 6 and dig into those verses just a little bit more. Now, you might say, well, man, two weeks in a row on uh, worry and fear. Yeah, because we really are in some unprecedented times. I'm going to switch gears a little bit next week. But today, let's go back in just a little while to Matthew 6. But before we do that, I want to read another verse of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. If you don't remember anything else I say, remember that verse. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He has done. Man, if we could live our lives that way, wouldn't that be amazing? Amen. Here's my sermon thought today, and that is the, this, the critical question. The critical question. Now, how many of you consider yourself worry warts? I have to confess I used to be one. But thank God, I think I've gotten past that, and for the most part, except for the occasional uh, you know, low-faith day where I let my guard down, I've kind of gotten over the worry wart part of my life. A man got on a plane that was having a lot of turbulence, and he was a little bit scared, so he asked the flight attendant, he said, now I need you to tell me something about this plane. How often do jets like this crash? She looked back at him, she said, well, sir, as a rule, they only crash once. <laughs> Just once. That's it. You know, I, I don't know about you. Now, that would not be very comforting. Now, I've flown quite a bit, and I have never been comforted by those people who, there's always one who's getting on a plane jokingly and goes, well, you know, if it's my time to go, there's nothing we can do about it, and we'll just crash. Well, here's the thing I always want to ask. What if it's the pilot's time to go? Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm on this plane. I, I don't want to get too deep into that. So worry has a way of just jumping on us and, and causing us to panic. You know, death is something that I personally, honestly, I don't worry about. Really, now don't get me wrong, I'd like to stick around for a while. Sickness is something that really I don't get too worried about, except I do worry, confession, about it when somebody in my family is sick or somebody that I care about gets sick. We all worry about a lot of different things, don't we? And then there's this big lie that always accompanies worries that, that trips us up. And I want, I want to make sure you know what that lie is. The big lie behind worry is that by worrying, I can control the uncontrollable. That's a lie. We worry because we think we can control things that we really can't control. That's a lie. We don't say it, but most of us, I think, worry about things. My kids, my, 
my wife, my, my marriage, my job, the economy. If I worry about it, then maybe I can control the uncontrollable. That's, guys, that's just a lie that's going to keep you miserable. Because the truth is, worry does nothing for you. It only makes you miserable. You know what's neat? I thought this was kind of funny. The root word for worry comes from the English uh, root word, which means to choke or to strangle. <laughs> That's a pretty appropriate uh, root word for, for worry, right? Worry and fear, like nothing else, strangles the life out of us. It chokes the happiness out of us. The Greek word for worry means a divided mind. So it's like this internal tug of war that really will make you miserable if you don't take control of it. Because, folks, our bodies, our minds were not made for worry. Have you ever heard anybody say, man, I am worried sick? You know, they're probably right. Because <laughs> worry will give you headaches. It'll give you ulcers. It'll give you all kinds of mental and emotional turmoil. And so, uh, you know, we need to understand there's some Bible verses that can comfort us. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Amen. Proverbs 14.30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. So don't underestimate what worry can be doing to pull you down. Now, this morning, just as we did last week, I want us to look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus gives us some reasons why we're not to worry, and he tells us the truth about worry and you know why he tells us the truth? Because what does the truth do? The truth will set you free. So today I'm going to share some truth with you. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I think the truth can set us free. So there's some things we want to talk about. So if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew 6, verse 25. If you don't have it, hit the pause button, grab your Bible. Or if you're really comfortable and you're drinking your coffee and you don't want to get up, just follow along on the screen. The verse is going to be on the bottom. Are you ready? Matthew 6, 25. Let's read it together. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more? I couldn't hear what you said. Hey, that's my phone, my, my watch talking to me. How about that? That's technology, right? Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, verse 29, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? The pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, how do we win the war against worry and fear? Well, the most important thing that I'm going to say about this issue of worry and fear, I want to kind of come at it from a different angle today, and that is in the form of a question, a critical question. As a matter of fact, your answer to this question affects every area of your life. 
your day-to-day peace of mind, your ability to cope in the midst of a crisis or a storm, your ability to get through life's up and downs, even where you're going to spend eternity, depends on how you answer this question. You want to know what that question is? Am I a believer? Am I a believer? Because when I ask, are you a believer? I mean, not just do you believe in God. Not just do you believe in some supreme creator of the universe. But more specifically, do you profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ? And if you do, just how much is he really the Lord of your life? Now, I'm sure some of you who are watching this message might not even be a Christian. And if that's you, I'm glad you're watching because you're going to hear some insider trading information. (laughs) Some congressmen, some senators got in trouble, right, for some insider trading here recently. I'm going to give you some insider trading that Christians know that may help you to decide to come on over to this side, okay? But here it is. Are you a believer? And if you are, now don't anybody get mad at me, why are you panicking? Is God in control of our lives? Or not? Do you believe that he takes care of you? Or not? If you tithe, do you believe that he blesses your finances? Or not? If you get sick, do you believe that he is a healer? Or not? Now, I'm not diminishing fear. I'm not diminishing worry. So don't get all, oh, he doesn't care. He's not. No, 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 no. This is not an oversimplified answer to the issues of worry, doubt, and fear. But I am saying those things have got to be put in their place if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? Faith has to take priority over our fears. Belief has to be supreme over unbelief. Confidence has to be king over cringing in fear. The critical question, am I a believer? And if I am, are you ready? Am I living like one? Am I thinking like one? Am I talking like one? Am I acting like one? Either it really is greater is he that is in me or it's not. See, faith is not really faith until it's been tested. Submission to somebody, right? It's really easy. Until you disagree with them. (laughs) Obedience is really easy. Until I'm ready to break the rules. But allowing myself to cave into fear is not in the equation if I am a believer. Now hear me. I didn't say you couldn't be afraid. I didn't say that we're not all going to worry a little bit. But we cannot cave into this fear that is running rampant right now in our country. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 31 through 34. It says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? See, we don't think about that question when we got food on the table, clothes on our back, right? Water in our bottles. Verse 32, here's what he said. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And this whole week, the Lord's been kind of talking to me and saying, is you, are you thinking like an unbeliever or are you thinking like a believer? Right. He said, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, which is my life verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Didn't say everything you want. Right. Everything you need. Verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. 
Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't miss what Jesus is saying in verse 32. Notice what he said about certain lines of thinking. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? And right after that, he said, these are the thoughts that dominate unbelievers. So are you a believer or are you an unbeliever? Now, if you say, yes, I'm a believer, then here's the question to ask. Am I a, a professing believer or a practicing believer? Jesus says you can tell by what is dominating your thought life. Am I a believer? Really is a critical question. Because it shapes how we respond to worry, how we respond to fear. Can I just break it down? It shapes how we respond to the kids being home for the next six months out of school. How, we're, how are we going to respond if you get laid off or your hours get cut or if somebody in your family gets sick? I have friends. I've got a friend that's on a ventilator right now who has the coronavirus. They don't know if he's going to survive. I just heard about a pastor's wife friend of mine that, that was diagnosed with coronavirus. How are we going to think about stuff like this? What are we going to do? Am I a believer really is a critical question because it shapes how we respond to worry and fear. So let me just share with you a few things that I think we need to do. I'm going to give you four points. If I am a believer, number one, I've got to recognize that worry is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Now, this is where we get to the real meat of what Jesus was talking about. Look at verse 30 of Matthew 6. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And look at the end of this, uh, the verse. You have little faith. <laughs> if God cares for the flowers, won't he care for you? I want you to notice, little faith is directly linked to much worry. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. You can take notes uh, of the sermon on the sermon app while I'm doing this, if you forgot about that, pull up your app. The notes are right there. You can fill in the blank. You can take notes. The reason I remembered it is because that's one of the blanks. God has promised to take care of you if you'll trust him. He's our father. He's our heavenly father. God says, I'm your heavenly father. You don't have to worry where the next paycheck is coming from. If you're a believer, if you trust me, he can turn off one faucet and turn on another one in your life. Come on, folks. If your answer to the critical question is yes, I'm a believer, you've got to remember, you don't look to any person. You don't look to any project. You don't look to your job. You don't look to anybody as your source of supply. If you get a stimulus check or not, guess what? The government is not your source. Your job is not your source. God is your supply if you are a believer. It's a critical question. If you really are a child of God, if you've stepped across the line and said, Jesus Christ, I want you in my heart. I want you to be in God. I, I want to be in God's family. I give everything to you. Then guess what? God has assumed responsibility for your needs. Whew, man, what a load to take off. I'm his child, so he cares for me. He says, I will care for you. You don't have to worry. It's unnecessary. And you know why he cares for us? We're valuable to him. Can I just tell you as a dad, I love everybody, but I'm really going to look out for my kids. And the father looks out for his children. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want everybody to join me right now. I'm going to take a drink of water. Go ahead and take a sip of that coffee. I know you got it. All right. You know one thing this virus is doing? 
It's helping us define what our needs are and what our greeds are. What's the difference in my needs? What's the difference in my greeds? I think food, clothes. I really, I started thinking about this. What really are my needs? Food, clothing, transportation, shelter. That's pretty much our needs, and everything else is icing on the cake. I'll supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. You know what needs might mean? Needs might mean cooking your own chicken wings because you can't find a chicken breast anywhere in this town. <laughs> instead of eating Chick-fil-A every day. Needs might mean a pot of beans instead of carry-out from your favorite restaurant. Needs might mean i got to help somebody get through or i got to let somebody help me get through this crisis. So what are we really worrying about if we're believers? We've got to focus more on the Christ and less on the crisis. You see, excessive worry is really not trusting God. That's the bottom line. And if you don't get anything else, I'm saying, get this, excessive worry. Now, notice I said excessive. I'm throwing that little disclaimer in there. Excessive worry always indicates that you have a, some level of misunderstanding or a lack of confidence that God really is your source. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we got we got to be honest. If I'm always worrying and panicked and afraid, you really got to stop. If you're a believer and say, "Wait a minute, do I do I do I still remember that God is my source? Have I forgotten that God is my strength?" That might sound a little harsh, but you need to let it set in. Because if I misunderstand what He's like, then I can't trust Him. And if I can't trust Him, then I'm going to worry and fret about everything in my life. All of the time. I used to worry obsessively about everything. My wife was in here. She would raise her hands and say hallelujah. She is in here, by the way. Hallelujah. And she just shouted hallelujah. Because, <laughs> guys, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even realize how much I was walking in fear and lacking in faith until I was able to change my perspective and truly learn to trust God. And I hope that he doesn't have to do it this way for you, but you want to know how God taught me to rely on him. He forced me to rely on him. You want to know how I had to stop worrying? When I worried so much that my worries could do nothing else and I had to cast every care at his feet and I learned I could trust him. And the way I learned was by going through some really tough times and having to learn some hard lessons. So folks, the issue today really is not are we in a crisis? Because let me just tell you the truth. One day this crisis will be gone and we're going to move on to the next crisis. Matter of fact, I heard today on the news coming in, they said that the coronavirus might be with us now forever and become a recurring seasonal virus like the flu. So, so what are we going to do? Are we going to shut down every year? We're going to close the schools every year? We're going we're gonna to huddle in our homes every year? No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to learn how to deal with it, and we're going to trust God to see us through it. Amen. Folks, I cannot imagine the level of fear I would be having if I wasn't serving the Lord. Retirement accounts are crashing. Businesses are losing their, their companies, uh, business people. People are losing time from work. People are losing their jobs. No wonder people are afraid. And I really, I feel, and I have empathy for all of those people. So right now you need to ask yourself the critical question. Am I a believer? Or am I not a believer? Are you a believer? Because a lot of believers are going through those exact same things that unbelievers are going through. But guess what? They have a totally different perspective because they know that God ultimately is going to take care of them through it all. 
You know, we always get into trouble when we doubt God's love. If God, hear me, if God can be trusted for your salvation, can't he be trusted for everything else in your life? You do recognize that if God saved you, he already solved your biggest problem. He already took care of your biggest anxiety, your greatest worry, your greatest fear. Any other problem that you might have, uh, it's just really minor in comparison. God will help you with those problems. So I want to challenge us today. If you are freaking out as a believer, you need to ask God to help you get recentered into a posture of trust. And again, if you are not a committed believer, I don't blame you for being afraid. Non-believers have a right to worry. They ought to worry. If I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I would probably be worried sick. All you got to do is turn on the TV. <laughs> if I were not a believer and I didn't have a relationship with God, I would be afraid. But Christians are different. We don't have to worry because we have a heavenly father that Paul said would supply all our needs. God says, you guys are my children, so don't act like orphans. Every time something, some conflict comes along, you're saying when you do that, I don't really think God's going to do what he promised he would do. I really don't trust God. I don't even think that he can do what he says he's going to do. That's what worry says. Notice Jesus said this in verse 32. Your heavenly father already knows your needs. Jesus said God knows your needs. Paul said he will supply your needs. So are you a believer or not? Do you know who believes that God's unaware of our bills? Do you know who thinks God doesn't care about our needs, care about our fears, and won't take care of us? Atheists. They're the ones who think God doesn't exist and God doesn't care. So again, here's the critical question. Am I a believer? And if the answer is yes, here's what you need to do. I've already told you, you need to acknowledge that worry is unnecessary. Let me give you the second point. Some Three more quick action steps before we close. Number two, You've got to put God first in every area of your life. Every area. That's your next fill in the blank. Read with me. My life verse. Again, Matthew 6, This time I'm reading it from the New King James Version. It said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first. You've got to put God first in every area of your life. I love those same verses from the Living Bible. Matthew 6, 31-33. Here's what it says. So don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? They take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And I love verse 33 in this version. It says, and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. He already knows he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live the way he wants you to live. He will give them to you if you give him first place. Excessive worry is always a warning light in my life that something's a little bit out of whack with my faith and I'm allowing too much fear to come in. That's part of my little internal guidance system. When I start getting real panicky, I know, you know what? You need to start trusting less than yourself and a little bit more in the Lord. And the reason you've got to put God first in every area of your life is because any area where God is not number one in your life is going to be a source of worry for you. I want, I want to say that again. I want that to sink in. Any area that you have not put God first in your life in is going to be a source of conflict and worry for you in your life. 
Any area where God is not first, that might be your relationships, might be your job, it might be your finances, it does not matter what it is. Wherever God is not first, that area will become a source of worry. You can count on it. You can write it down because nothing was meant to take the place of God. Here at Life Church, just uh, we closed out our year 2019 with a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. And if that sounds interesting to you, go to the app. All the messages are on there in audio files. You can listen to them. And so Life Church family, do you remember the commandment that says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me? And anytime you let anything take first place in your life above God, then that is in a position where it should not be. And it creates conflict and worry because those things were not meant to be there. If you're always worried about your money, make sure you're tithing and put God first. If you're always worried about your health, make sure you are being a good steward of your body. The temple of the Holy Spirit. Do the best you can and let God take care of the rest. If you're always worried about sickness or the coronavirus, pray the prayer of faith over you and over your family. Anoint your children with oil. Anoint your house with oil. And instead of walking around scared to death all the time, if I am a believer... I've got to put God first, and I'm not going to give him the leftovers. Get your priorities right, because it will simplify your life and make life a whole lot uh, less to worry about. Jesus, take all of my life, the good, the bad, the ugly things. And guys, if you're not a believer, that's the starting point. If you've never done it, commit your life to Jesus Christ. Ask him to come in and take all of these things and take control. He says if you put him first in your life, he'll take care of all the other things. Each of us has to decide who or what I'm going to live for. Tell me how you answer that critical question, and I will tell you whether you're going to be plagued with fear and anxiety for the rest of your life or not. Put God first. Here's the next thing you need to do. Number three, live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Verse 34, Jesus says, So don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He's saying, don't worry, just focus on today. Don't open your umbrella till it's raining. Why should we live only one day at a time? Because in worrying about tomorrow's problems, you miss today's blessings. You overlook God's favor in this day. God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Now, I told you last week, of course, we need to plan for the future, but you got to focus on today. You're going to miss today's blessing if you're always thinking about tomorrow. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Because he wants us to learn to, uh, and recognize we need to depend on him one day at a time. So if I'm a believer, number one, recognize that worry is unnecessary. Number two, got to put God first in every area of my life. Number three, I need to live one day at a time. And number four is a wrap-up, and I'm going to ask our praise team to come up and get ready. They're going to sing with us here in just a moment. The last thing you need to do is you need to trust God for things beyond your control. Trust God for things beyond your control. Now, I mentioned that point last week, and I'm intentionally repeating it again. If you can't control it, Put it in the hands of the one who can. When you invite worry in the front door of your heart, guess what? Faith goes out the back. If I'm a believer, I have to leave it in God's hands, and i got to lay it at his feet. Don't try to control the uncontrollable. You might feel like, well, all this is more than I can take. Well, you know what? You would be right. 
if you were not a believer. We are not meant to take it. And as believers, we're meant to release it to him, to give him everything that we can't control. I can do all things what? Through Christ. Through Christ. Not long ago, I preached about a king of Israel named Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, you life churchers will remember there were three enemy nations against him. They were outnumbered three to one. There was no way that they were going to win this battle. It was out of his control. But God says, you know what? Wait a minute, Jehoshaphat. I want to tell you something before you go. He said, you're not going to need to fight in this battle because I'm going to fight it for you. The battle is not yours, but it is God's. So let me ask you today, what has got you worried this morning? Is it your finances? Is it your health? Is it your 401k? Is it the coronavirus? You know what God wants to say to you right now? The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that is with you. So hear me. How you handle what is coming depends on how you have answered the critical question. Am I a believer? I'm going to give an altar call right now, wherever you are, and we're going to pray. I'm going to ask my wife to come up and stand next to me if she will. Eddie, you can begin to play. Because if you're not a believer, you need to confess Jesus as your Lord. You need to repent of your sins. You need to invite him to come into your life and begin a relationship with him today. If you've never been baptized, contact me. Contact our church. We will baptize you. And if you need to meet us at the church, we will baptize you in the only name that saves us, Jesus. If you're a believer and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, hear me, you can receive it right in your home just like they did in the book of Acts chapter 2. That's why a lot of believers are afraid. They've not received the empowerment from on high. God can fill you with His Spirit today right in your living room. And finally, if you are a believer, but your faith has been shaken these last few weeks, you need to boldly speak faith and not fear. You need to say, God, forgive me for uh, just giving in to my fears. Forgive me for giving in to my anxiety. Forgive me for giving in to all that worry and stress and all the drama that's going around. God, I trust in you. I walk by faith and not by sight. So right now in your living room, if, you, if you're able to, why don't you stand with me? If you have your children with you, whatever your situation is, why don't you just stand and we're going to pray together. We're going to worship together. I'm going to lead you in prayer and then we're going to sing for just a few moments with our worship team. This is our altar call today. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you today. I want to say thank you, God, for your presence. And Lord, I know that in the midst of chaos and calamity, you are still Christ. You are still Lord of all. And I am a believer. And I rebuke the fear. I rebuke the worry. I rebuke the doubt, the discouragement, the depression, all of the anxiety that the enemy is trying to heap on me, God, because you are my source. Give us this day our daily bread. God, you are my strength. It's not, not my job. It's not my employer. It's not the economy. It's not the government. None of those things supply what we need. It's you, oh God. And I trust you today. I want you to know I put my confidence in you. And God, if I'm able to, I want to help somebody that needs help. God, or if I need help myself, I don't want to be afraid to ask for it. God, we need to come together as a family, as a church family. And Lord, I pray right now that you would give us boldness and give us your strength and give us your anointing and your favor. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Why don't we worship together with our, our praise team right now? Go ahead. That's the best way we can stay in touch with you. Watch our Facebook page. We'll be dropping devotionals every day. We want to stay in touch with you, and you stay in touch with us. We love you. God bless you. I pray you have an amazing week, and we will see you, if not in live church next week, we'll see you right back here again, same time. Have an awesome week in the Lord. Amen.